from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, October 2nd, 2015, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Parachute. Parachute's an online luxury bedding brand based in Venice Beach. They've created a line of everyday bedding essentials, from sheets to duvet inserts to enhance your sleep experience. Parachute's bedding is premium quality and toxic-free, meaning there are no harmful chemicals or synthetic finishes used in, like in most bedding. Who else offers high-quality, luxurious bedding that you can afford? Can you even name what brand of sheets you have? Probably not. Parachute found a void in the market and really set out to make buying sheets an enjoyable experience. You can go to parachutehome.com relevant and Parachute will give you free shipping on your first order. That's parachutehome.com relevant and enter relevant for free shipping at checkout to start sleeping better today. All right, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and here with me in our Orlando studios, I'll get to you, our illustrious <laughs> producer, Jeremiah Dunlap. Great to be here. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Glad to have you back on Skype this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, there was like a weird delay last week, and it was like ruining every punchline for me. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, on the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, welcome back, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, guys. And, here. Uh, and, he, and here with me in the studio is sitting in for world traveler Eddie Koffeltz, Mr. John David Harris. Are we going with John David Harris? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, you're not sitting on the producer's That's seat. True. That's true. That's true. Greetings. So, so big news, big news in the world. We made it. We're here. Yeah. Can, can I just say that uh, uh, I'm a little disappointed by this because I'm, in fact, deep underground. I've been in a bunker since we recorded last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people who heard last week's show, we talked a lot about the blood moon. A lot. And the fact that we didn't really care what we said because there was no consequences. It didn't matter. Because, didn't matter. yeah, I mean, the if the blood moon stuff happened, nobody was going to hear the show anyway. If it didn't, we could make fun of it. So Yeah, so that's what, but but also, like, I, I didn't even consider it not happening. And so to, there were two consequences of that. One is I went on a very offensive rant about the people, of about the Austrian accent. That is true, I yes. I know a lot of, you know, I got a lot of feedback on Twitter about that. Guten Tag, Gacy. <laughs> the Austrians are very unhappy with me, yeah. which is my which is my personal apocalypse. That's right. my personal blood now, <laughs> the Austrians. Yeah. And two, I've gone underground. Yeah. I've been in a bunker. I got a text message this morning about the podcast, which uh, was upsetting because I was figuring there's no life up there. <laughs> and I made I made critical bunker mistake and bought only cans of like a chili that really looked good to me at the time. <laughs> I've eaten seven gallons of this stuff in the last five days. <laughs> Guys, I do not feel good at all. Yeah, I was going to say, and uh, bunkers usually don't have good ventilation. Nope. So Rookie mistake. Yeah. It's a death trap, and I locked myself in. There's no way out. I'm going to need you guys to call for help. So, uh, <laughs> quick question. Uh, you're in a bunker. Uh, we're able to receive texts, uh, interestingly. I will say this. I dug my own bunker, and I'm, I I, I got pretty tired with the with the shovel. So, I'm, I'm, I'm lying uh, only about three inches under the ground. <laughs> but I figured that was enough for whatever's going on up there with the blood moon. <laughs> so, you know, Jesse's on, on video Skype. We can see him. So, uh, clearly, um, you watched a lot of Lost 
because uh, you got a haircut. Mm-hmm. You look a, lot, a little bit like Jack. Yeah. It, it looks a little homemade. Did you do it yourself in the bunker? Yeah, see, I have a question. Did you go to the barber and say, give me the 35-year-old youth pastor? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like short on all sides. He's got the tightly trimmed beard. Well, like a- I, I will say this. The, the beard is not tightly trimmed. It's just unshaven. <laughs> um, <laughs> a razor hasn't touched it. And I asked for a trim, and this is what I came out with. No way. uh, Yeah, I said, you know, just trim it all the way around. They said, you have a lot, a lot of hair. And I said, well, you know, I just want to feel lighter. (laughs) You said, uh, said, I'm going into a bunker for the next, for for forever, possibly. Sure. So I need a haircut that'll ride me out. Right. I'm not familiar with the lunar calendar. I I don't know when the next blood moon cycle is. I know the Austrians are upset with me. It could be a while. Cut it all off, please. (laughs) I don't always do this, but even before I listened to the podcast last week, Twitter was was uh twitter was full of chatter about how much you guys had talked about the blood moon i knew what the podcast was going to be about before i even listened to it because you clearly tapped a nerve maybe among some of our more conservative listeners who really did think jesus was going to come back during the blood moon and, and it drove me to listen to the podcast probably a little faster than i would have and i was surprised at how much I was surprised at how much milk was in that cow. <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. I I didn't know it was a thing. And then it's uh, Jeremiah's mom's world. It's a big thing. And now it's all not a thing. I have. I, Wait, I have no. A is it a thing for Jeremiah? Yeah, your mom. Did she? Is she of the mind that it's like? Well, no. It wasn't going to be like that. It was going to be like this. And here's here's the problem. I haven't talked to her today. The blood moon happened last night. I'm not sure that the rapture didn't happen. Like, That's true. I'm not positive. That's like, true. She would have. I feel like if she was here, she would have called me by now. We're we're recording the show on Monday this week. The blood moon was last night, which was Sunday, right. and it's only been a good what twelve hours since it happened. Yeah. So I feel like we we haven't really seen the aftermath yet. So it didn't even look that cool because I went out. I was out. I, I I was like driving around running errands. I was like, oh sweet blood moon time. You know, it was getting dark. It wasn't even that bloody. Like it was just like it was an average. Size moon, it's like a scab of, of normal color. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you know, since we cleared the hurdle of, of the red moon, and we yeah. and we had a show to do, maybe uh, we have a great show. Yeah. We decided to come out full blazing, swinging, power punch, sub zero. This is like kill. a celebratory yep. show that we made. <laughs> we it. made it. Uh, coming up later, we have an in studio interview with uh, Hillsong Pastor Brian Houston. He's uh, coming to the studio this week. The, they're out on the Hillsong Worship Nights tour. Yeah. And so yeah. he and several of the artists came in uh, this week and uh, performed, and, and we got to talk to him. So awesome. we'll have some of those performances coming up. Any thoughts on his accent, Jesse? V- very authoritative. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's logical because he's from Australia. You know right. what? Yeah. Yeah. I, right. yeah. I know Joel pretty well, but I, I hadn't met uh, his dad, uh, Brian. And so we were, this was a few years ago, uh, I had told Joel at some point that I heard, like on TV, I heard his dad preaching, and uh, it sounded a lot like the Outback Steakhouse guy. Like, <laughs> like no uh, rules. And I told, and I told Joel that I was like, I wasn't saying just the accent. I was like the tone and all this. Uh, and so I said this on the podcast, yeah. and, and we played a clip of you know the Outback guy and then Brian Houston preaching. They sound nothing alike, <laughs> like at all, like at all. I was very embarrassed. But next time you know we were together, uh, uh, Joel like introduces me to his dad, and he goes, "Hey, this is Cameron." Strang. Hey, Dad. Uh, and I had said this a long time earlier. Oh no! Hey, Dad. Uh, yeah, Cameron thinks you sound like the Outback Steakhouse guy. Uh-huh. And then Joel walks away, oh. and so then I'm well stuck played. there, like you know, kind of like awkward chit chat with a guy. He's 
oh my gosh, it was awful. That is the one and only time I've ever spoken to Brian Houston. <laughs> wow. So, so thankfully he's not so bad at relevant or I don't know. Anyway, uh, well, you're going to be out of town for his interviews. So. I am. I yeah, am. On so purpose. we're having Aaron do it. Yeah. Yep. You scheduled it while I was yes. in San Francisco. I'll tell Aaron that he really likes to be asked about the uh, specials on Wednesdays. Ask, yeah. <laughs> ask him about, about the shrimp on the Barbie. Ask and, him about the rules. Yeah. The rules they have. Are there rules? Is I don't it, think there's rules at is Hillsong it, Church. Is it just right? It's yeah. That church, that ministry is just right. It is just right. <laughs> um, also on the show coming up, uh, Jay Givens uh, is an awesome new hip hop artist uh, out of Las Vegas. He's on Humble Beast. Uh, I, I first saw him on tour with uh, Propaganda a couple years ago. He has a debut album out now, mm-hmm. and it's it's awesome. He gives really us good. an inside look at a few of his favorite tracks. It's so. awesome. Yeah. But, you know, before all that, JD, you're an expert in substitutions, mm. in substituting for, for things. You're an, <laughs> you're an expert in substitutes. I thought it'd be fun to ask you, ask a sub-expert. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we just have a few questions for you since yeah, you're such shoot. an expert in, in yeah. substitutions. Uh, you're a sub-expert. What's the best sandwich? The best sandwich would be the Jimmy John's number 11, Oh, which is the country club, Oh, which I usually get no tomato, easy Wait, lettuce. It, hang, hang on real quick. Oh, yes. Is the country club actually the name of the sandwich, or is that what you call it? I, no. <laughs> No, like it's the country club of subs. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, so you want the 11? Yeah. Here's the guy that calls us the, the ham, the country club. Here I, have a, I have a polo in my car at all times uh-huh. that I put on. Well, you are an order. expert. You're an expert yeah, in subs. Right. Well, I gotta know. Well, do you know the irony of that real quick is calling a sandwich a country club? Have you guys ever, when you go to the golf, when you go play golf or whatever, and, and you go to the pro shop in the country club, they only sell one sandwich, and that's the BLT. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> the only sandwich served at golf courses is the BLT. All BLT should be called country clubs. That's my hot take. Mm. Hot Continue. Take, hot take by Jesse. Uh, am, I, am I the only one who thinks that the BLT is the most overrated sandwich? Easily the most overrated sandwich on any sandwich list. I don't think I've ever had a BLT. Is it literally just bacon, lettuce, tomato? Is there any like condiment? In any other place, that would mean you'd be like, you're missing the sandwich part. Where's the like the chicken <laughs> right. or something? Where yeah. would go on a burger, maybe. But they right. throw yeah. three three side items, three backups, three substitutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you're saying a BLT is like going to Wendy's, ordering a junior bacon cheeseburger, and to- tell them to hold the cheese and burger. That would be a BLT with yeah. cheese. Yeah. So, so you're it's saying like it's, all leftovers. The, it's all the it's all the leftovers. So it's kind of like today's cast, right? Yeah. This is the BLT of episodes. And you know what? People love BLTs. That's yeah. true. Uh, John David, uh, my sub question is: uh, It's about a sub movie. Mm. Why mm. in the film Hunt for Red October? Yes. About a Russian sub, <laughs> right? Sean Connery. That is great. Sean Connery, who plays a Russian sub captain, yes. speak with a Scottish accent for the entirety of the film. <laughs> there is a moment at the beginning of this film, actually, where they are all speaking in Russian, yeah. and then he starts to read a verse from the Bible. And the okay. camera actually pans close into the Bible, and when the pa- camera pans back out, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be a pan, that would be a pull and mm-hmm. a push. Sure. Right. When that happens, they are now all speaking in English so that we wouldn't have to read subtitles. Uh, so it's a sub subtitles. It was, it was to wait, it was sub subtitles. Sub, subtitles. Gosh. 
that's, the submarine movie cut. is too many subs. Too much. It, so it, I had would, to pick one. You know, you know, my only problem with that is it doesn't explain at all the Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that would cost extra. Yeah. J- okay. JD, you're you're an expert uh, at fill-ins. What's what's the best filling? <laughs> Are you talking about tooth or like pop tart? <laughs> <laughs> He's the expert. I'm, yeah, I think because evidently mercury isn't good to put in your mouth anymore. <laughs> yeah, nope, not anymore. Not anymore. And, and, and I'll tell you that that mercury pop tart disgusting. Yeah, no, it, it didn't. Yeah. I mean, you could play with it for hours, yeah. but it just didn't taste good. Right. Um, I think the uh, oatmeal cream pie, oh. the little Debbie. Oh, the the stuffing. The, yeah, just just the so middle the part. cream, right. not the oatmeal. No, no, ooh, no. So cream is the best filling. Well, that Thus particular cream. You. Okay. Thus saith you, the expert. Yep. Uh, I have another sub one in the video sure. game, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. What was Sub Zero's? coolest fatality move mm, mm. uh the one there was one where he froze your opponent and then yep, shattered yep. them into a million pieces that and i would it. say that you was know. the best one that was the best one hey you know what speaking of old school video games uh our developer steven showed me a thing that he put onto our website <laughs> that is is ties in with old school video games mm-hmm. it is the coolest thing i've ever seen if you go to relevantmagazine.com and you on your keypad keep you know keyboard uh do up up down, down, left, right, left, right, B, F. All of a sudden, a gun appears on the screen and you can use the keyboard to fly it around a little rocket ship. You can use the, and then you can use the space bar to shoot stuff on our site and it will eliminate it. It'll delete it live. Let me, yeah. did, he, did he ask you Guys, before doing this? No, or no, did up, he up, just down, do down, left, right, left, right, B, F. Yep. And then you can control it with the, with the arrows and then shoot with the space bar and it will delete content off of our site. Right. So if there's something you don't like, don't bother commenting on it. Just, you know. Just annihilate it. Just annihilate it. With the little rocket ship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thanks, JD. Uh, That'll do it for. uh... All right. We're moving the show along. It's time for our look at what's happened this past week in pop culture. It's time for. In case you missed it. Well, uh, surprise, surprise. Franklin Graham is Mm. no fan of the Muppets. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Before uh, last week's premiere of ABC's new reboot of the beloved satirical franchise, the minister and son of evangelist uh, Billy Graham took to Facebook to express his concerns. Uh, Now, mind you, this is before he had seen the show. Mm. Uh, He asked his followers to contact ABC and have it removed from television. Uh, He wrote this, tonight ABC is premiering a new mature version of the Muppets that reports say will cover a range of topics from sex to drugs to interspecies relationships with no subject being (laughs) off limits. It sounds to me like the whole show should be off limits, he said. (laughs) Agreed. Hollywood seems to be in a frenzy to see what new moral low they can reach in their programming. Their agenda is to promote sin to a younger and younger audience. I applaud the group One Million Moms for speaking out against this and urging parents to call on ABC to take it off the air. The Bible says, quote, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That goes for Kermit the Frog as well. <laughs> Amen. I think the Muppets, this is not a new low because the Muppets have been promoting interspecies relationships. That's true. as much more part of the Muppets as puppets. Right. Yeah. Are, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, the ba- it's the premise of the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> this suggests to me that Franklin Graham is not as familiar with the Muppets as he is 
as he is letting on, which makes me wonder why One Million Moms isn't suggesting that he get taken off the air because he's lying, and that's also a problem. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and you know, the same day, Scandal. the same day he took to Facebook to stand for this was the same day the Pope was talking about you know the homeless and immigrants and caring for the poor and needy. Yeah. So equally you know, weighted. The, the, the thing is, like, I would almost like say if it was anyone else except for Franklin Graham, like you know, like slow clap. Like this is irony, and he's doing it to point out the ridiculous the ridiculousness of like old school evangelical culture. But he's doing this unironically. He right. actually thinks that the Muppets are some sort of you know going to rain down some cultural curse on culture, and that the most important thing he can do right now is write up on Facebook why the Muppets have to be taken off of ABC. Yeah. I thought this was one of those fake letters. It's like, oh man, the, the onion really nailed it. This <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever ventured into the comment section of a Franklin Graham Facebook post? I did oh, on boy. that one. I can't I can't not recommend it lowly enough. It is a it's like <laughs> Mad Max. Yeah, I can't you know hold on, hold do. on. I'm trying to break that down. I can't not recommend it lowly enough. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to communicate with English words. I got it right. I would diagram that one out. <laughs> All right. You see the predicate here. <laughs> you know what we need to do for a segment when we're when we're just adding material one week, which is pretty much every, every week. week. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's get on the horn. See if we get these people to come in this afternoon. We need some like classically trained community theater actors to come in. And we need to have a scripted reading of a Billy Graham or a Franklin Graham comment section on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> like we need dramatic music, but we need like impassioned actors to read the, this, the these exchanges. Because like Tyler said, I think you're looking at, at the, the raw core of human emotion and conviction while arguing about the Muppets and the apocalypse. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? <laughs> <laughs> no, my favorite part of that, of the of Franklin he linked to like a, a Forbes article, like an article that ran on, on like Forbes or some other like legitimate news site that uh, was giving examples of what he and the mothers, uh, whatever the organization was that wanted it taken down, of, of the things that they saw were so objectionable uh, uh, for like this new series because they hadn't actually seen the pilot. But these are what clued them off. There was an ad campaign where Kermit stood there in a scarf and hat and, and it said, finally, a uh, uh, a, a show that can bring full frontal nudity to prime time. Yeah, it's Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Speaking of the 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 Pope was mixed in with all that. Right. You know, right. he, yeah. he he went on vacation this past week. He came to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark Wahlberg actually uh, was at an event while the Pope was visiting called the Festival of Families, which hosted the the Pontiff and and others. And uh, while on stage with the Pope, Wahlberg praised an opera performance by the Keystone State Boys Choir. Mm-hmm. but made a public confession after the song along with uh, a little plea for forgiveness. Uh, here's a clip. That right there was truly the voice of an angel. But then he whispered in my ear that he loved the movie Ted. And I, I told him that was not appropriate for a boy of his age. Holy Father, please forgive me. I've always hoped that the good Lord has a sense of humor when it comes and pertains to many of the movies that I've made. (laughs) Well, uh, also, in case you missed it, this week, churches with the V... 
Tiverches. 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 Made believers out of themselves. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> believers. Yeah. Ahead of the release of their sophomore album, Every Open Eye, it's due out on Friday, this coming Friday, the Scottish trio stopped by BBC Radio 1 Live Lounge. Uh, there they dropped a cover of Justin Bieber's track, What Do You Mean?, and brought a certain electropop swagger to the radio hit. Uh, here's a clip. What do you I'd like to say we played that uh, song on the show last week, mm-hmm. and I think uh, maybe we were a little bit of the inspiration for them. Yeah, you're saying we played the Bieber one. We played the Bieber one, and I think they probably heard it on our show and thought right. this is going to be a hit. Yeah, oh, clearly, you know. Uh, and lastly, and in case you missed it, uh, the new season of Serial, we're finding out what the case is going to be. It's looking like it's going to examine the case of Sergeant Bo Bergdahl. Uh, he was held hostage by the Taliban for five years. After the U.S. negotiated his release, uh, Bergdahl was charged with desertion, even putting the lives of fellow soldiers who attempted to find him at risk. He now faces both court-martial and life in prison. Wow. There are some major questions about why Bergdahl wandered off the military base in Afghanistan prior to his capture. One general told the New York Times that Bergdahl wasn't trying to abandon the army, but was attempting to walk nearly 20 miles to another base to expose leadership issues he was perceiving were true. Uh, uh, various uh, media reports are talking about this is going to be probably Serial's uh, case. And as they note, uh, uh, Sarah Koning, the host, has been at his trial, which began last week and has been meeting with Zero Dark Thirty screenwriter Mark Bull, who's working on a movie about the case. Several of the filmmakers are also rumored to be involved in the podcast. The Serial Producers, however, seem almost weirdly defensive when asked for their own comment. Mm. According to a report in Maxim, when asked for a response, they said, quote, we'd, much, we'd very much appreciate if fellow journalists would give us some room and not feel the need to attempt to dig into and try to figure out what you think we might be doing, oh. especially since we're actively reporting stories and having a bunch of wild speculation out there makes our job reporting harder, doesn't feel very minchy, and Jeez. don't watch the Muppets. Uh, it was a really <laughs> weird thing. Uh, they did, however, confirm they were working on both the second and third season of the show so it's unclear which one will feature the Bergdahl case does that response from Serial seem just like a a little ironic considering that the whole premise of their show is to invade people's lives that aren't inviting any attention and to ask questions and people are asking a very legitimate question of them and it's like you you reopened a a murder case involving high schoolers from 15 years ago yet you feel like it's invasive when a magazine sends you an email and says, "Hey, is this? Or can we help promote the next season of your show by asking a question?" We like what you're doing. We want to hear more about it. And then they get super. How dare how you? Dare you? <laughs> and then they just started talking in Scottish accents. It was very strange. <laughs> we don't understand. Hey guys, who's going to be the guest on next week's episode of Relevant Podcast? How dare you ask that, Tyler? Yeah. God, could you give me a little, just a little room, a can little you breathing room, back Tyler? Up. Sorry, that was rude. 
Yeah, that was, that was rude. Yeah. Apologize. And it's, it rude. doesn't feel very menchy to me. It was over the line. <laughs> you, he probably watches the Muppets. You probably yeah, watch the Muppets. You're a heathen Muppet That's watcher, aren't you? He likes oh, interspecies nudity. Mm. He's one of those people. <laughs> Fr- Franklin Graham warned us about warned people us. like Tyler. Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you. We, we got a pervy Muppet fan on the line. That'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Uh, it's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out this week. Friday, October 9th. City in Color is coming out with If I Should Go Before You. I, they're Canadian, so oh. uh, it's very polite. If I, if I Should Go Before You, should right. you go? Right. They're deferring. The City in Color with a U. Yes. They spell with the yeah. Color. Color. Well, they're Canadian. Don't uh, don't they spell like that up there? Sure. I think they have to spell it in French as well. Yeah. <laughs> See, if there's one thing that I feel like Franklin and Graham should get on, it's just extra U and stuff. <laughs> just spell it like like most people are going to read it. Okay? They use totally unnecessary. City and Kalour. Kalour. That's how you would pronounce it in English. <laughs> Kalour. Kalua. See? It's City. a slippery slope to alcoholism. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. One minute you're throwing an extra you and stuff. The next, the next thing your life is ruined by a Kalua addiction. By, by a chocolatey sweet nectar. You got of the, the extra you leads you mm. down a slippery slope. You're going to need fillings. It, it's like a mudslide. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh nice. That's why you're here. Welcome, JD. Uh, also coming out, May Day uh, Parade, which is what Jesse will throw when he um, gets out of his bunker. Emerges <laughs> um, <laughs> from this uh, chili-soaked bum- bunker. I spilled a massive pot in day one. Minutes in, I spilled a gigantic pot of chili that I've just been lying in. It's disgusting. <laughs> You thought it would keep you warm, and now it's just sticky and cold. I'm, I'm marinated. I'm, I'm part of the chili now. It's a, it's a huge mess. Well, that's what you do with the beef and the chili. You throw the beef in it, and the the acid of the chili just kind of breaks it down yeah. in time. That's yeah. what's happening to Jesse. Oh, that's I'm so slowly sad. becoming chili. <laughs> I, mean, I like my chances out in the post-blood moon apocalypse. <laughs> and I do as, you know, a, 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 my own chili ingredient. Maybe that's maybe that would explain the skin condition of zombies. Maybe they're, it's actually mm. chili disintegration yeah. that's yeah. happening underground. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> May- so hungry because the fellow zombies are just delicious. <laughs> Mayday Parade is coming out with yeah. black lines. Selena Gomez is coming out with revival Ooh. i've heard she's been going to church but yeah. her first singles she's a jump, little she's, a little muppet-esque if you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah. Christian album. yeah she's yeah. jumping right in uh andrew peterson's coming out with the burning edge of dawn burning edge of dawn which i like i've heard it is it good it's good i like andrew peterson I man i remember he's been making music since like the mid-90s cademan's call era he's 41 <laughs> What? That's crazy. I remember going in college and seeing them, and he was like the young up-and-comer who had opened for Cademan's back when they were just all a bunch of Abercrombie-wearing college hipsters. <laughs> but he's, 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 the, he's the cool new, new cool guy in Nashville right now. The new, what, the new cool guy? The new cool guy, from what uh, Tyler told me earlier. Really? There's only one new cool guy in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, you, so you've handed over your throne. <laughs> you booked him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Movie's coming out the same day. Uh, Pan is coming out. Uh, you would know the album because it's a Pan flute mm-hmm. in the logo. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that, yep. Um, it's a retelling of Peter Pan. It's like a prequel. 
It's a prequel. Mm-hmm. So why don't they call it Peter Pan colon origins? That's what, and I thought, I thought that's that was kind of like what you to have do, to do. But yeah. yeah, no, I think they... Uh, no, I think if origins is in it, it has to be really dark. It is pretty but, dark. But it's, it's the Captain Hook origin story from what yeah. I understand. Yeah. Hugh Good. Jackman's in it. Well, yeah, he is. Wolverine's yeah. always He great. plays uh, Blackbeard. Uh, that's it. That's the only movie coming out. Nobody wanted to go up against Pan. I guess they're just assuming people are going to just be watching The Martian still or going back for a second viewing. The right. Martian is a little off now because now that we know that there's water on Mars, does yeah. that affect the plot or the realistic? I mean, what you had was a really like believable, interesting movie about what it'd be like for a person to be abandoned on Mars. Now we know Matt Damon could have just like watered a garden and yeah, yeah. stuck like, a straw on the ground, and just right. drank the <laughs> yeah. sweet nectar of the Mars honeydew. <laughs> just start brewing up some chili up there. <laughs> <laughs> Get the chili pot going. Like Prince up there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living, yeah, it's gonna be five years till you come back. No worries. Got the chili pot going. Uh, I got I got some uh, pumpkin spice candles. I, I'm I'm five years of autumn up here, guys. We're all good. Take your time, friends. <laughs> oh well, that'll do it for entertainment releases in case you miss it and expert subbing information (laughs) (laughs) stay tuned up next slices Listening to Traverses, uh, the song is "Clearest Blue." Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, here at Brandon Flowers with Lonely Town. Brandon Flowers is the guy from the uh, the Killers, right? With a yep. fantastic album. It is a really good album. Did we ever decide if he was human or dancer? <laughs> I think he's a tiny dancer. Oh, oh, okay. The, si- the signs are vital, but we never did land on. Okay, him. okay, <laughs> uh, okay. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, there is a a nutrition professor at Kansas State University who's my new personal hero, and he went out to go debunk some common fad dieting myths. Basically, he wants us. He's trying to say that the American public that is always attaching to fad diets to try to lose weight are basically suckers. That you know we're really uneducated about how nutrition really works. So when we whenever we jump on like this new whatever the fad is gluten free or paleo or organic or whatever in an effort to lose weight, that we're really misplacing all of our efforts. So what he did, his name is Mark Hub in like cities at Kansas State University, and he actually studies nutrition professionally. He went on a diet consisting primarily of Twinkies, Ho Hos, and Hostess junk food. And proceed to lose 27 pounds. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, This isn't new. I do this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, a basic, basic biology is a calorie is a unit of energy that you right. p- put into your body and then burn. Correct. So he can, you can, 
technically you can eat any kind of caloric intake and sustain life. And if you burn more than you put in, you will lose weight, even if you're getting your calories from ho-hos. Well, here, well, uh, well, that's basically what he uh, uh, wanted to try to prove to people because he was saying that too many people will buy into these trends where you know there's nothing wrong with eating stuff like kale and you know whatever the the hummus or the fad thing is. But he that. said that I can cut if, I, if he would. He limited himself to 1,800 calories a day for 10 weeks. And, but in addition to like a multivitamin, a couple of celery sticks, a tomato, and, and a little bit of green beans, all he would eat when he got hungry was hostess snacks. And then, so he did that for 10 weeks, and he lost 27 pounds doing that. Can I, have a, I have a question. How, how big was he to begin with? Do you know? I'm, I'm not sure of his beginning weight. Uh, so he did it for 10 weeks, but he limited himself to 1,800 calories. So most of those oh, calories. Oh, well, there you go. That's why. Like one junk. Twinkie spread across the whole time. He was just licking it slowly yeah, just, all day uh, long. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> but then he said he went on a, uh, a diet where he only ate a very well-balanced, uh, nutritionally sound diet, uh, mostly made up of salads. And he was consuming at that point over uh, a two thousand calories, so a little bit over your daily intake. He was eating, you know, around twenty six hundred, but it was mostly salads and really healthy stuff. He gained seventeen pounds. No way! Mm-hmm. What? And he said that during the time on his ten week junk food diet, he was more alert and had more energy than he was when he was just eating a healthy, well balanced diet. So he lost thirty pounds. He got to eat awesome snacks all day long and was, you know, super alert. So basically, he wanted to tell people, don't worry about, uh, uh, you know, these fad diets. Don't just buy all the books just to buy the books or or feel like you have to live within this rigid box of your idea of nutrition. He said it, it's really just comes down to you have to eat less if you want. If your goal is weight loss and not necessarily overall health, it's really a matter of eating less where it's letter, less kale or less ho-hos. But I've eaten like his junk food diet for my entire life. <laughs> so this, for, for a nutrition professor to do this, this is, you know... Uh, really affirming for me. But, but but he's right. For overall health, you need to have the nutrients and a well-balanced diet and all that kind of stuff and good energy sources yeah. and things like that. But but if you really are just trying to lose weight, it is about caloric restriction. Now, yeah. I was I was playing poker one time with a very famous uh, Christian author who tells a lot of blue jokes when you play poker apparently. Mm. And um and he Franklin had, Graham. And he yeah. had lost <laughs> he had lost an enormous amount of weight. And I was asking him like what would you do? And he said I just started counting calories. So he's like I didn't even change what I was eating. I just became aware of what I was eating and I invariably started eating less because I was aware and then uh, I lost weight. But he wasn't even like really trying. He was just tracking calories. So there you go. He's tracking ho ho calories. I mean, it's just I'm fine with all of this. But I would say if you're going to like eat something unhealth, like if you want to eat something unhealthy, why would you go with Twinkies and ho hos? Yeah, I would choose. That's like a very mediocre sweet snack. To like stick. what? What would your choice be? Ice cream, man. Really? I, I would stack the freezer full of Ben and Jerry's. Those little. Those little like. I think you're supposed to last for like three days. They last about three hours, <laughs> and and just go to town on those for a. I'd, I'd do one a day. Well, I mean, but the calorie density on those, though, that's the thing. Is like these ho ho things. It's all air, so yeah, he can, can he can get out. more volume for fewer calories. That's, yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he was he was okay. going for filling the stomach. Strategy. I haven't thought about the science. Yeah, you just you just mm. got scienced. Yeah, I think I think if you're really just going to, to for for vol- for mass. Because yeah. that's what I think. That's the thinking is I want to be able to make it through the day. It's you're just bear claws. It's just bear claws. <laughs> oh, <laughs> donuts! There you go. I would do that. 
Yeah, yeah. donuts. Donut, yeah. Whenever I get hungry, donuts are what like about two hundred fifty calories a pop, no, without yeah. all the fancy, crazy voodoo donut Probably. type stuff. Something but like that. Yeah. Seven donuts a day. Could you eat just seven donuts a day? That'd be about seventeen fifty, eighteen hundred calories. Yeah, and Probably. then and then you just eat have multivitamin. You know, he took vitamins and he did have like a celery stick and uh, some green beans too, just so just so that he wouldn't like get scurvy or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's lime. Limes prevent scurvy, not celery. Well, for some reason, he was throwing celery into the mix. He's a nutrition <laughs> professor. So I'm assuming he knows, but the principle I'm, is I'm guessing yes, fiber. I, I'm guessing fiber. So yeah, because celery are like yeah, nothing but water. Zero, yeah, it's zero calories. It's it's the only food that's a negative calorie. Did you chew it? You yeah, you're. It takes more calories to eat than it gives you. Yeah, yeah. So w- whatever the case is, you know, I yeah, I totally feel like he do this, and I just love the fact that. He's like sitting there in his research lab, right? You know, I imagine he's at this university in his lab coat with beakers and, you know, weird liquids steaming over to other things. And he's just like, Eureka, I know what I'll do for my big. This will be the research that I'm known for. I'm going <laughs> to eat ho-hos for 10 weeks. I wonder how calculated that was, like the ho-hos was. Because I'm sure he didn't just randomly select. Like you said, like we scienced it a little bit, but I wonder how much that thought process was. And is like, is that like a secret well, recipe? He, he probably was going for stuff that was like really panned by the nutrition community is just like i mean this thing could sit on a shelf for like 20 years mm-hmm. right right so all the preservatives down in the bunker for <laughs> right. a long time jesse's just got some ho-hos and chili and he's yeah. gonna ride <laughs> yeah. this thing out but it's a huge mess down there. yeah i think he's probably going for that like perception wise this is like the least nutritious type of food possible that makes sense you know yeah. um there you go all right well what do you have tyler well, I, uh, I'm going to take this to the world of politics. Classic um, Tyler. You would. Classic Tyler. <laughs> you know, I just can't, I, I can't resist a good controversy. <laughs> and, uh, and this one, and this one surprised me a little bit. This blends a few of my favorite topics all, all into one. I, right now, I, I think that there's a, everybody's very surprised at the political landscape. There's people who are surging, who were not expected to be surging and people are falling behind. who are not expected to fall behind, but, but the nation has been waiting for one person to weigh in on who they want to be president. There's a coveted celebrity endorsement that has finally landed this week. Franklin Graham. <laughs> and the endorsement comes from Mr. Kanye West, okay. oh. who said, who said, and this is uh, as quoted to a, to a Vanity Fair article. Uh, he said, as soon, Kanye West said, as soon as I heard Ben Carson speak, I tried to get three weeks. I tried for three weeks to get on the phone with him. I was like, this is the most brilliant guy. And Ben Carson confirmed that Kanye West did call him. They've been having conversations off and on over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Ben Carson said, I'm extremely impressed with him. He knows so much about business. I've talked to him about the possibility of maybe himself and some other people in pop culture doing music that might be uplifting, that might give young women a sense of their value and young men a sense of their responsibility. What? I think think (laughs) it could be a tremendous thing for our society. So I'm trying to go in my mind and imagine this conversation between Dr. Ben Carson. Who, 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 politics aside, is known for his very conservative views on social issues. Right, right. And and not, I would not imagine offhand that that he is a Kanye West fan. I would not imagine that most of his supporters are big fans of Kanye West either. But apparently they've their their uh, conversations have come to the point now where they're talking about once a week 
Uh, ben Carson supports Kanye West's alleged 2020 presidential run. Yeah. And, uh, is excited about potentially, he says potentially, getting Kanye West to make some music for his campaign. What? Oh, no way. Can you imagine, you know that walk-on music? Did you ever see like the old Kings of Comedy like concert special and stuff? Yeah. yeah. And like Steve Harvey would like introduce the next guy and Cedric the Antonio come out and they'd be like swagging to some incredible like beat. That's like the dream, right? Can you imagine being cursed out the next debate, getting introduced like that and coming out in some Kanye track? <laughs> awesome. What if Kanye was there? No, what if Kanye moderates the next debate? I'd watch that. Yeah. Well, well, be, because at that point, it, Ben Carson, who's known for like his genteel demeanor, at that point, he's out trumping Trump. Like, <laughs> because Trump's known for his swag. How much more swag do you got if you have Kanye West doing your intro music to the debate? Yeah. Jesus. Or like, you're just like standing behind him at like campaign stops. So usually there's like that he's crowd behind him. Yeah. But like Kanye's there. Kanye's yeah. It's like a hype man. man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like getting the crowd to respond, get him excited. Like, Chew. If anybody gets out of line, he can just cut him off. That's right. I'll let you finish. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you finish. Donald, 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 I'm going to let you finish. But my boy Carson has the best rebuttal of all time. That's, that's why I want to see him a moderated debate. Yep. That would be incredible. Now, now allow your mind go, to go here. Carson told Rolling Stone that last time he and Wes spoke, the rapper was, quote, singing and rapping on the phone. It was mm-hmm. a fun conversation, but it was clean rap. All the lyrics were clean. <laughs> I would pay. I would pay. One million dollars to, to, to eat <laughs> off that phone call. That's crazy. It's wild. And I, I imagine that Kanye probably sings and raps on the phone for most of his conversations. That <laughs> right. part doesn't surprise right. me. Even the clean part doesn't surprise me that much. The fact that he's doing all this to Ben Carson surprised yeah. me. Yeah. I, why? Ben? Have you heard the Aziz Ansari stand up where he ended up at Kanye's apartment uh-huh. that one night? Yeah. 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 And he's like, he's like, first thing he does is go and turn on Kanye music and plays it as loud as he can. He's like, oh, that's the dopest. That is the dopest. And Aziz is like, that's like me going to my, bringing people to my, to my apartment, putting on my own comedy album. And every time I tell a joke, go like this. <laughs> I'm still, I'm so confused by this information. Yeah. I'm still thinking about this. It changes the landscape for Ben Carson, who's already, I mean, he's, he's number two, I think in the polls right now, right behind uh, yeah, Donald I heard Trump. in some polls he tied. So he's, I mean, so he's got like the intellectual vote. He's got the conservative vote by far, mm-hmm. but usually the conservative candidate, like the most conservative candidate doesn't get the pop culture That's momentum. True. So if Kanye pulls some cool factor momentum over and the young vote, that's formidable. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, in a, it, not only a conservative, but in a very conservative field, easily the most conservative. That's, right. I mean, he, wow. literally, he literally wants to base the tax code on tithing. Yeah, man. That's yeah, true. What it's do you true. think the chances are of Ben Carson choosing him for his vice president? <laughs> Running mate? Yeah. A heartbeat away is <laughs> Kanye from the president. Kanye West would never be anybody's vice president. Let's <laughs> that's, be real. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. <laughs> but I like the idea of walk-on music. Walk-on music is a good, like, that's that's a power move, yeah. for sure, for Ben Carson to have that. Like uh, like when Rich Wilkerson got Kanye to do the design the cover of his new book. But it's uh, as long as it's clean... I think it could bring a lot yeah. of votes to the table for Mr. Carson. You know, you know, uh, the walk-on music, uh, MLB. Just uh, I don't watch baseball, but they apparently play music when people go out to hit the hit the ball with they the stick. Oh, nice! Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, trying to make it more exciting. And uh, ESPN named the number one walk-on song of the season. And it was Andy Minio's You Can't yeah. Stop Me. Oh, yeah. nice. Which is a great song to do walk on. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, 
I think the the debates could learn a lot from the MLB. What would your walk? I always say that. I don't know. See, I've thought about this ever since I saw the original Kings of Comedy. I was like, what would my dream scenario if ever there was an event and I was introduced? Like, what would my song be? And I think it changes every few years. I don't know. Can can, can I can I help you out? Please, Phil Collins, call it in the air tonight in its entirety. (laughs) Oh, it's a really slow walk. It's like a six minute song. So I mean, you're you're doing a lap around the auditorium. And then you start sprinting during the drum fill, and you sprint the rest of the time. <laughs> Even if you reach the stage, you got to turn around and do one more aisle run just to let the whole song go. All right. What do you have, JD? Okay. So I don't know if you guys know this about me or not, but one of my hobbies is I keep up with cryptozoology. Oh, so does, so does Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan. So Jesse, you probably already know I have this. A, I, I don't want to brag, but I have a degree. Oh, oh, a cryptozoology. <laughs> I have, a, I have a, 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 a master's degree that I spent a tremendous amount of money online uh, to <laughs> obtain in cryptozoology. Yeah. I also, no. uh, I, I wanted to let you guys know, I also recently got accepted to the Bosley Institute, so I'm pretty oh, excited nice. about that. Uh, nice. the, the degree he got, he didn't explain. It was uh, somebody's degree who had passed away. He, there was mm. being sold on eBay. Oh, nice. So he, he bought the actual degree. <laughs> Great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. It's good. You can frame it and leave it on your, yeah. on your wall. It doesn't say his name on it, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I scribbled out the. But old he person. has a degree <laughs> in crypto. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for anybody that doesn't know what cryptozoology is, it's the study of like strange and unexpected animals, <laughs> and this is both strange and unexpected. In Poland, a video has surfaced. It seems that mermen are real. Oh, but, but what? Merman. 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 Mermen are, are real. Wait. This is not news to me. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were giving a news item here. <laughs> to everyone else, to everyone else in the world that hasn't that hasn't figured this out, there is footage that someone has taken, I think from a drone, that they saw a bunch of uh, paramedics in hazmat suits pulling something out of a local river. And if you look at the video, you can clearly see the torso of a man with the lower half of a fish being pulled from a river. No way. Are we sure that it just isn't decomposed chili legs? No. <laughs> no, we are not sure, but it's, that's it's the a, fun. It's a man that bathed in chili for <laughs> yeah. a hair too long. He was standing in a tub of chili that was waist high for just a little too long. Because yeah. it's really, you're good up until, you know, right at the tipping point. <laughs> then your legs are just gone. Then it's just, you turn <laughs> into fish legs. He couldn't stand there anymore. Yeah, he just, goes, it falls into the river. Falls in the and river. They, and they have to help him. They have to the, help him out. the weird question is the hazmat suits, though. That chili gets toxic. Well, the chili is toxic. It's, it's toxic. toxic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Toxic okay. chili. That could be what it is. There is also um, speculation that it could be a hoax or filming no, for a movie, but I don't, I don't, I don't buy it because if it's a hoax, who would perform a hoax out in the middle of nowhere where no one would see it? That's no fun. And accidentally photograph it blurry. That's the thing. Who, yeah. I mean, who put no. the drone out there? Uh, just innocent, dr- you know. Innocent everybody droning. has drones yeah. now these days. I need to see this picture before I can make way in definitively. Well, you can. It's a whole video. You can. We'll you post can it watch on the it. podcast yeah, episode yeah, page on the mirror. Mirror merman. Okay, <laughs> I actually have this search saved, so it's not a big. That set off every Google alert. <laughs> All your accountability filters just <laughs> everything, goes, everything goes nuts. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I've had I've had the, the mirror merman Google alert set up. 
for years, and I finally got an email this morning. <laughs> finally got pinged. So it's, I mean, I don't buy the movie thing either, because if there was a movie, a Polish movie about mermaids coming out, I would certainly know, about, know it. about it. You'd right. know about it, right. Yeah, because the other Google I learned have is Polish people mermen, <laughs> and, and I've got nothing. So. Oh, yeah. so it's definitely not a movie. So your entire slice is you saw a picture online. I mean, it's it's a picture this in seems, a news this article. This seems like a pretty big story. I mean, Cameron, I mean, it, you're forgetting the blood moon just happened. Oh, that's right. true. That's it probably a, drew out this beast from from the the deep. You know, this right, is one of the yeah. revelations beasts that right. they refer to. I also, think, don't forget, this is why Franklin Graham warned us about interspecies relationships. Right. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. God. If you if you were as intimately familiar with some of the conversations happening on on his Facebook uh, comment threads, <laughs> you would have known that this was inevitable. Guys. <laughs> right. A frog is an amphibian, yeah. and a pig is a mammal. Uh-huh. Bada boom, bada bing. One thing leads to another. Merman. Merman. Well, you, you do the math. You got merman crawling all over Poland. All so. over Poland. <laughs> Doesn't take a mathematician to figure out. We got a Polish merman invasion thanks yeah. to the Muppet. Thanks, thanks to the Muppets thanks, thanks and the Muppets. Blood Moon. All Frankly, Graham, I thought he was an evangelist. He turns out he's a prophet. Yep. yep. All right, man. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Brian Houston. A little or a little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little or a little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little or a little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little or a little bit every day with someone new. There's an art to life's distraction. You somehow escape the burning way. The art of You're listening to Hozier. The song is Someone New. Uh, it's about the merman. Someone new. <laughs> okay, there he is. Yeah. Found him. Uh, found someone new. Uh, this week's feature interview is brought to you by Harry's. Uh, for many of us, shaving is a pain. For most of us, I'd well, say. Uh, Jesse just shaved. Mm. Yep. I mean, it looks like yeah. you need to refill your Harry's Blades order. I do. Yep. Uh, enter Harry's. It started by two guys who wanted a better product without paying an arm and a leg to get it. Harry's offers a high-quality, high-performing shave for about half the price of the other big branded blades. They ship for free to your front door, and the starter set is an amazing deal. For only 15 bucks, you get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. Why pay 32 bucks for an eight-pack of blades when it's half the price at Harry's? On average, an everyday shaver saves about $150 each year on blades using Harry's, and there's a satisfaction guarantee. That's awesome. It's really high-quality yeah. stuff yeah. here. Yeah, Good stuff. It's weird that you get better quality and lower price in the same product. Yeah, that math doesn't seem to add it up. It doesn't but, add but up. Good for uh, that. The worst part the worst part is going to the drugstore and having to like, you know, pull a safe cracking operation to get one out of that little plastic case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't done that in years. You know why? Harry's gets delivered to my door yeah. every 3 months. That's- I started bringing a stethoscope to the, the drugstore and was because that's how expensive they are they have to like keep them hidden behind a glass case crowbar. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> National treasure operation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, little Mission Impossible dropping in from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. I gave yeah. the cashier, I said, listen, I need some new razors. She gave me a, a copy of the, the, an old copy of the Constitution that was in code <laughs> on the back. She said, that's how you find your blades. We have to keep them secure. It was the Da Vinci Code. It was very strange. You can experience a clean, close, comfortable shave with Harry's. Go to harrys.com and they'll give you five bucks off when you type in our coupon code RELEVANT5 with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter coupon code RELEVANT5. No word on if uh, up, up, down, down, left, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't... BF works on their side yeah, either. I don't think but it's worth trying though. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Houston is the founder and senior pastor of Hillsong Church with global campuses around the world, including Sydney, New York, and LA, and London, and Cape Town, and everywhere. Um, Hillsong has a combined weekly attendance of over 90,000 people. Wow. Um, he's also the executive director of Hillsong Music, one of the world's largest producers of Christian music. Uh, he and his wife, Bobby, have three grown children and live in Sydney, Australia, and Orange County, California. Oh, both. He stopped in the studio this week. Uh, they were out on the Hillsong Worship Nights tour, and he and some of the artists uh, came through the studio. Our very own Aaron Hanbury spoke to him. Here is Brian Houston. Well, you have written a new book that's out called uh, Live, Love, Lead. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what kind of the overview of the book, what, what it's about, why you wrote it, and then even why now? Life's full of ups and downs. Sometimes when you're a pastor, and especially pastor of a global church, it's easy to tell people about your successes and your wins, but people might, from a distance, admire that. But you know, when you're really vulnerable and honest and transparent, uh, I think it connects and relates to people a whole lot more. So with this book, Live, Love, Lead, it's really about living and loving and leading through all the ups and downs of life. Uh, I, I was c- absolutely committed. Uh, I'm, in my, I'm 61. I was absolutely committed to being vulnerable, being authentic, being transparent in this book. So it's based on Matthew 7.13, where Jesus talks about a difficult path through a narrow gate that leads to life. So the synopsis of the book is a big life on a sometimes difficult path. The scripture doesn't say the, the path is narrow. It says the path is difficult through a narrow gate. The narrow gate is the name of Jesus. Peter says there is no other name by which men are saved. But narrow doesn't mean tight and restrictive. It's not narrow-minded and narrow-spirited. As a matter of fact, if you think about the name of Jesus, uh, there is no other name. And that name is healing, forgiveness, salvation, freedom, peace, all of those things that are available to us through Jesus Christ. So the book has four sections, <laughs> big life on a difficult path through a narrow gate to a glorious future. So one of the parts I found interesting is in uh, there's a chapter or maybe a section called comfortable in your own skin when you're talking about yes. people being individuals, not diving into comparison, etc. But one of the interesting things was that you grounded some of the your own comfort in your own skin, not in yourself. So I think maybe one of the dominant cultural narratives is be your own person and to find out what that looks like, look inside. And you have a line, I think, where it essentially says, but it's not about you. So be comfortable in your own skin, but it's not about you. It's about what God has done. Can you talk a little bit about that kind of dichotomy? Yeah, I'm certainly not saying be comfortable in your own skin to be independent or don't change. You know, to me, what I am saying is be who God created you to be and be comfortable in that. Uh, Sadly, if I look at my own life, I spent far too much time, far too many years worrying about what everyone else thought about me. 
much more perhaps at times than what God thought about me. And there's such a release. You know, there's just such a fulfillment in life when you stop striving to be anyone else or be ruled by what other people think, but really be who God called you to be. So that's kind of where that's pointed. Paul, he, he said, don't class yourself, compare yourself, commend yourself, measure yourself. He says, we won't boast beyond the sphere for which God appointed us. So it's really all about knowing your God-appointed sphere or your God-appointed zone and being comfortable to be that. Uh, you know, I love in Ephesians chapter 1 where the scripture starts, Paul starts, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus. So I think about that. Paul, this is who I am. An apostle, this is what I do. Of Jesus Christ, this is who I do it for. By the will of God, this is my authority to the saints who are in Ephesus, this is my sphere, this is my audience. So he knew who he was, what he was about, who he was doing it for, and uh, to, you know, what, a, what a great way to live our lives. So one of the points you made strongly in the book, and this is going back to what you talked about a minute ago with narrow versus tight, mm. you were talking about um, uh, the message versus methods, I guess I, I could mm. say, and, and you made a very strong statement about Jesus never changes, and you used the phrase, the gospel is sacred. But then you go on to say, but methods change. So you're yeah. kind of pitting um, maybe some of why you do what you do in terms of, in Paul's terms, and then maybe the context, the sphere. Those things could seem to be intention, right? So one thing doesn't change, but these other things do change. So can you talk about the relationship of an unchanging message with changing methods? Maybe theoretically, sure, but how you all played that out at yeah. Hillsong? Well, you sure can't unwrite the Bible or try to change to suit today socially the scripture or the intent of the scripture. So it, the message is timeless. It's, uh, you know, we can't play with that. But I think the methods have to change. I mean, I'm talking right now on a podcast that's from Relevant Magazine. I'm sure it's called Relevant Magazine for a reason. And of course, this was pioneered by a guy from a publishing family. So the audience may be different. Perhaps the style may be different. But the message is still the same. And that's how I see it. I just feel like the church can't die on the vine. The graying of the church, I'm 61, but the graying of the church is means churches that once God was doing something incredible and sadly they're a shadow of what they used to be I'm intentional about pushing things younger uh, that's why we have Young and Free as well as United who were the Young and Free mm-hmm. 10 years ago uh, I'm really intentional about that relevant by the way to me isn't necessarily holes in your jeans or, or, or tattoos or cool, cool lights and video images in, in church to me relevance is about the difference between what you say and what you represent and the life you're living and if that gap's big then we're irrelevant our relevance comes from us living out the message that God's given us for some of us who maybe don't do that well maybe because we're jaded of all the hate floating around the internet or rage, internet rage floating around. We don't really know what is good criticism and what's bad. Uh, you say you've or you've mentioned in the book that you arrived at this kind of balance as friends who have this credibility who can speak into your life, and but then you can also um, put aside the other. Can you speak about that balance and how, how you've thought through that? It's hard for me to talk about because I've never been criticized in my life. <laughs> Not this morning well, that I know of anyway. <laughs> Mind you, I haven't read uh, Twitter yet, so who knows. But... Um, 
Look, there are people on the periphery of our lives. Sadly, there are people that hide behind keyboards or behind ivory towers, you know, and just point arrows at other people. And sometimes they're very, in my mind, intellectually proud. I don't know that some of them have any real revelation of the gospel and the Great Commission. And, uh, you know, to me, it's first, I think it's gutless. Yeah. But to me also, if you're going to be who God's called you to be, you can't be swayed by it. I think about opinion and counsel. Yeah. So many people, they say, if you want my opinion, well, to be honest, we're going to get it whether we want it or not. <laughs> Counsel's invited. And you get godly counsel from the people you trust, the people you respect, the people that you've done time with. Uh, you get, you'll get opinion from everywhere. And if you live by other people's opinions, uh, I'll tell you right now, you'll, uh, well, you're just certainly not going to be strong enough to be pointed where you're going. But counsel's important. Godly counsel. I think you know, people look at me as a strong leader. But people who really know the way we work on the inside, we have a church board, we have elders, and I see them as people who put counsel into my life and key friends and close friends. And I, I wouldn't be as arrogant to believe that I don't need that. What does it look like for you um, for Live, Love, Lead to be successful? I mean, what, what is it you're wanting out of the book? I want to help people. That's first and foremost, and I can say that honestly. I actually believe in this book. I have no trouble talking about it because to me it's not just some, some product I'm pushing, you know. Some, I, I put my heart and soul into it. It's got some of our story, Hillsong story, but it really is pointing to other people's story. And I just feel like I'm at the stage of life and at the time in life where I want to take whatever I can to arm other people to do what God's called them to do and be who God's called them to be. That was Brian Houston. Make sure to check out his new book, Live, Love, Lead. It's out now. book, My Exodus, author Alan Chambers shares his own story of being a committed believer who struggled with same-sex attraction early in his life. My Exodus encourages us to look for and affirm the image of God in everyone. It's a reminder that God is still at work and deeply loves His creation. Through personal and powerful stories and opening the scriptures, you will come to understand how to love all people and positively engage our culture in the red-hot conversations and topics surrounding LGBT and the church by embracing the idea of loving well because we want to and not because we have to. Go to alanchambers.org to purchase My Exodus today. That's alanchambers.org. You're listening to Katomi. The song is Swimming, which is what uh, Matt Damon was doing up in his little Mars pool that yeah, he built. Yeah. It's also what that merman was doing before he died. It's before also drowned, what yeah. I'll be doing in about a week. Yeah, that's great. Pool party.
Jake Givens was born in L.A., but during the early 90s, when L.A. was experiencing an all-time peak of gang violence and drugs, his mom decided to get out of Dodge and, uh, to avoid it, moved the family to Sin City, mm, Las Vegas. Choice. Great yeah. choice. Great alternate. Uh, Las Vegas had, had less gang violence, but, you know, sex, drugs, perversion, kind of inescapable for the youth there. It's in the so, name, Sin City. Yeah. yeah. Jay Gibbons uh, graduated from University of Southern California, Go Trojans, in the spring <laughs> of 2010, earning a mechanical engineering degree. Yep. That's what I would have guessed. But yep. then he decided to go a different route, and after college, pursued music and outreach in Las Vegas. He has a new album out on Humble Beast. It's called Fly Exam, giving us an inside look at a few of his favorite tracks. Here is Jay Gibbons. Um, I'll start with the first track. I think the intro really sets off the album. It's called Ignorantro. And so it's uh, it's an ignorant intro. And uh, it's, it's essentially the album kicks you in the face with this battle rap saying how I'm the dopest MC, I'm better than everybody. And then it extends in a metaphor that says, I'm basically, I'm, I'm talking to every rapper and saying, I replaced you on your friend's tablet and I was so good that they erased your music and all of the rap on there and they only needed me. And so, and so that's a, uh, among other things in that. So that's being a rancho, and that's actually the beginning of the tale. Uh, the, the, it starts off side A, and so side A is called So High, which is the first set of tracks. And then from 8 to 13 is side B, and that's So Low. And so that's the highest point, the most prideful point, and, um, and it really grasps the aesthetic, aesthetic of being um, elite and being braggadocious and the best in hip hop because it's based on that aesthetic is being you know the dopest MC. So I opened up with that. That's a boom bap type uh, kind of Mad Lib Jay Dilla type mix, but I would not even want to cite them because Daniel Steele produced it and he is he's phenomenal with all styles. So that's the intro. I record at headquarters in Portland, Oregon. Check it, and they don't gas much, but homie, you gassed up. Oh, I think they like me. Oh, I think they unlike me. Oh, I think they gon' unlike me. Uh, if I was you, I would be my favorite rapper and my favorite rapper's favorite rapper. The rapper every rapper's afraid to rap after. I'm the latest. I'm the greatest. I'm the underrated. I'm the undebated. I'm the one who made it. I'm the one who's famous. I'm the one who's on humble beast. I'm the one who came through. I'm the one who comes from the east to the west. See, I'm the one that do it. I'm the one that's fluent. I'm the one that's freestyling just to do it. I'm the would be 10 to get in that's featuring odd thomas um i'm highlighting this track specifically because um on the rise to the music industry and just in success in general you you wake up you first off you have your confidence you think you're good you tell everyone you're the best and then all of a sudden you're starting to go get money and that's what we all kind of need to eat and solve our problems and so it's uh it's it's talking about the rat race of chasing money but within this extended metaphor of a game of dominoes so the uh, Dominoes, the game Dominoes is a, it's kind of a West Coast LA kind of staple game. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, but it's, it's based in, even in playing it, the person, your, your persona is you, you are getting the most money on the table. And so I invited Odd Thomas onto that. The beat was produced by Beautiful Eulogy. It has a, a, a from my opinion, an, an authentic staple West Coast riding in your car sound. Um, 
and we're talking about vanity and um, and trying to provide for ourselves, but in that not relying on God and essentially getting trapped up in the money chase. So that's ten to get in, and um, and yeah, that that it, the the title is a it's kind of a triple meaning. The the first meaning of it is ten to get in is a term and a and a type of. And when you play dominoes, in order to get onto the scoreboard, you have to first score a 10-point play. And then after that, you actually get onto the scoreboard to be able to eligible to score more points. And so also, it's spelled um, it's spelled in a way that suggests 10-2, uh, ten, ten like 10-2 and two on a steering wheel, and then get in. And that's to reflect it sonically. Like, this is some riding music, so I'm on 10-2, get in, let's listen. And then finally, 10 to get in. Um, it represents the gospel in that um, Jesus Christ paid for our sins, takes Ten Commandments, well, more commandments, but for the sake of the song, Ten Commandments to get into heaven, got to be perfect. We couldn't do them, so one son who had no sins took, took, took nails and completed the ten so that we could get in. Chasing the wind, trying to pay those bills. Chasing the wind like Pecos Bill. First in the hearse with the curse of the lasso. Oh, 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 oh my God. I can't stop chasing, chasing, chasing the green again. And Hummingbird's dance um, is on side B, which is so low. And side B is um, mainly about, um, it's kind of a personal diary on the effects of drug addiction and um, specifically marijuana. And well, it, it talks about all of them, but I, I, I have experience with a, a myriad of drugs. And, um, but the biggest, most haunting one and the most, uh, the most effective one I think for my life was, was, was methamphetamine. Um, and so, that's that's the story of of me as well as at the same time a good friend of mine and Carrie Hancock who also survived a suicide and meth addiction and started a ministry called Death by Meth and the Hummingbird title is based off of specifically his story uh, where he he chose to keep his life and by the grace of God um, he was able to see a sign which was a hummingbird that reminded him that the Lord was with him keep his life so that that resonated with me and my story um and so my my whole tale kind of is in there it starts off with an allegory about a suicidal building that jumps off of a man and so i scatter allegories as opening opening lines for um, several songs on the album just because you know greek mythology and folklore i wanted to have that theme in there and bring those allegories in there and with that, reflect that Jesus spoke in allegories and in parables and kind of this T.S. Lewis, Aslan, <laughs> Lion, Jesus allegory thing. So I wanted to storytell with that. And so that song, Hummingbird Stance, is probably one of the most um, one of the most vulnerable songs for me. And hopefully it'll be one of the most empowering songs for everyone going through that. Others say it's the San Andreas fault. The windmill goes to work in tears, waving its hands. Keep the energy efficient, keep them tipping. Never listen, never give any chance to any building. And that's what you do when you pay windmills to dance. It's like that, y'all. That was Jay Givens. Make sure to check out his new album, Fly Exam. It's out now.
You're listening to Told. Well, T period, O period, L period, D. The song is Lucifer's Eyes. Mm. Sweet title. Which I believe that's actually what the red moon was. It was the mm. eyeball yep. of Lucifer looking sure. down on the world that he was about to invade. That's what Franklin Graham says. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Was he like blinking at us? It was just like a little wink? wink? No, 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 no. That's it's what like, the eclipse was. No, was it's wink. like the paintings in the old mansions in the Scooby-Doo cartoons where like the, just the eyes. Boom, boom. Boom. So uh, like, so the moon's normally there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. like cloud goes over it. Next thing you know, eyeball cloud. Which, by the way, those old paintings with the the villains would like run through the walls is the worst possible way to spy on someone in your own. (laughs) 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 Like you have to have elaborate hallways and have like pictures that fit your eyeballs everywhere. It just it it doesn't make any sense. Like the bookshelf that you pull the book back and and, and you can you know go to the secret secret compartment. That's cool. The eyeball paintings. It just seems like a a, a lot of effort. Like just to have a two way mirror. Paintings are a little bit higher up too. You got to have little step ladders inside the walls. Because if I was in like a creepy old mansion, right, and I knew (laughs) that I was there on the pretense of investigating like a creepy old you know millionaire. I would definitely see right away. I could be like, sir, I can see you standing directly. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at me like I walked in and literally the first thing I noticed before you went into the other room, quote unquote, was the painting. The eyes had two holes in it. <laughs> like one, the painting's awkwardly low so that you can see downward. And two, the eyes are missing. Like it's literally the first thing I noticed in this massive mansion. <laughs> if you can't get a spy cam or something, yeah. you got the holes, the eye holes out of a painting. They yeah. have mascots now where there are no holes. It's just this cool mesh. <laughs> you know, the thing about the, you know, I'm, I'm going back. This is old timey technology. Mm-hmm. They don't have yeah, spy yeah, cams. No, no, no. This is old time, but they had two way mirrors. They yeah, did have so, two mirrors. So the whole idea of just have a couple mirrors in the hall. Yeah, way it's, easier. It's like a weird, it seems like a weird plot device, too. Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like if I'm the writer, even if it's Scooby Doo, I can let the audience know that, that the heroes are being spied on without some irrational thing like a painting with the eye holes poked out. Like, there's another way to do it. I could show him by, sitting behind a bunch of monitors. But also, portraits aren't cheap. Like, you're just gonna cut them. You're just gonna cut them into pieces. Yeah, for a lame spying gag. <laughs> Unless I mean, they have extra. Maybe they made a few. So I'm, yeah. who? I'm wondering the guy who first thought of it. Right. Because now it's a convention. Now it's just a thing. But who was the first guy to think? Oh, I know. You also have a really short amount of time to look at somebody. Right. They're walking yeah. down the hall. The, yeah. The range. Okay, confirmation. Listen, my guest just walked down the hall. You know how else I could have known that? I could have just heard their footsteps or just asked them, <laughs> did you walk down the hall? <laughs> yeah, that's true. What are you really going to, what are you hoping, what's the end game? Right. 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 Yeah. And, and like the thing is like, if they're snooping around your house, it's like, you know, they're in there already. Like, like they know you're in there. You know, they're in there. It's just, Excuse me for a moment. I'm going to go to the bathroom or grab a fetch a glass of water. But you're really just hiding behind the painting. What are you trying to ascertain there? They're just waiting for you to come back into the room. You know, I could see it. I could see it working in a Gatsby type situation where there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. in a central area of like a large part of the house. The painting is maybe higher up. Far away. You know, he's on a second floor, far away. He's able to observe a lot of stuff. I could see it then. But still, the two-way mirror, mirror would, would work yep. way better. Yeah. 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 Or, or like a suit of armor. Like like a suit of armor that have like a tunnel underneath, and you could just like you know be like I'll I'll be back. You continue continue the dinner party, everyone, and then all of a sudden I sneak around and crawl up a ladder, 
and then I'm in the suit of armor in the room with them. Like that would be, and no one would know. You can't see in those things. Yeah. Maybe uh, if no. it was like a Thomas Kincaid painting where it's supposed to be incredibly lifelike anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, oh, wow, another amazing Kincaid. It actually looks like the eyes are moving. Yeah. <laughs> well, the painter of light could really make eyes seem like they're following you. And it actually, his his work with dimensions is crazy because I, I, if I didn't know any better, I would say there's someone standing directly behind the <laughs> painting looking through eye holes. They, <laughs> they should call him the painter of eye holes. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's the other thing. Why does like the proprietor of the old abandoned amusement park have such a vast collection of portraits? <laughs> like his, his amusement park went bust okay <laughs> where is this money coming yeah. to buy S- these fancy S- portraits sell some of the portraits off maybe you can cash flow the thing keep yeah. it al- yeah. keep it around maybe it- if you want to poke the eye holes out of this portrait collection <laughs> <laughs> you can also bought some new rides done a yeah. marketing campaign drummed up some interest yeah, some, right. some business no, your problem is a proprietor of the old event and amusement park that you're now using to lure people into <laughs> you damn it your art collection <laughs> on the worst spying idea ever for your people <laughs> he just he just doesn't think of the big picture. Yeah, and yet, um, oh, I get what you did there. I yeah. see what you did there. All right, every question of the week. Last week, uh, you know, it was the blood moon, and yeah. uh, we were we were all up in arms about it. Sure, the um, whole world was, I'd say. Yeah. So we wanted to know from you what are some signs that the world is surely coming to an end? Some non revelations, biblical prophecy signs. We just want to, you know, things like Bieber appeared on the Relevant Podcast, things like that. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted some uh, signs there. And you also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here's a few of our favorites. Uh, Michael said that that just the very fact that McDonald's is now serving breakfast all day should be a sign of the end times. It's it's something a lot of people have been waiting for their whole lives, like the end of the world. Roscoe Jones said a sure sign of the end times is when uh, Eddie uh, no longer gets jokes. (laughs) Um, And uh, he also said the sign of the end times is when Anne Hathaway recognizes other people's contributions to society. (laughs) (laughs) All of these were were signs of the end times from Peter. The the Cub, the Chicago Cubs making the playoffs, which is insane. A former pastor turned podcaster writes additional verses for the book of Revelations. (laughs) 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 That could usher Joy gets engaged. Oh, snap. Sign of the end times, Joy gets engaged. (laughs) Oh, my God. Listen to Nickelback for a week straight, and uh, Kirk Cameron and Nick Cage will work together on a movie that gets an Oscar nomination. This hasn't happened, but if it does, we, you know we're all doomed. We're pretty sure. Yeah. What if Kirk Cameron and Nick Cage both worked on another Left Behind reboot together and shared the character, like the lead role? <laughs> you mean like one is one is slightly like a slightly older version yeah. of the same character? No. What like, if they did? What if they did Face Off? But for Left Behind. But for Left Behind. Like they played each other in different <laughs> revelations. So you're saying scenarios. that they should remake the novel Left Behind. Correct. But instead of making it directly from the pages of the book, they, they add a completely unnecessary plot <laughs> where they have Nicolas Cage and Kirk Cameron have their faces surgically replaced with each other. Right. That right. just happens to happen during the same time of the tribulation. Right. Yes, because that is something that will happen uh, in the tribulation if you have the Mark of the Beast. They will replace your face. Mm-hmm. With Nicolas Cage's face. And I also want that to be of no consequence of the plot, too. Like, it happens early in the film, but they never acknowledge that these two 
guys are living with someone else's face. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's just something that happens. Uh, Justine says the world is ending because my student loan payments start in November and I really, really don't want to start paying them. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good enough reason to me. I did. There was like, uh, when after the show last week, we talked about the end of the world. I was like, man, there's like four things that I'm really like putting off that I don't want to do because it's just too too stressful. And this would really help me out if if I if the world ended. But like yeah. the thought crossed my mind, like like ah oh, man, that would be a relief. Well, I'm sorry, Jeremiah, but I'm afraid you're back in the south. <laughs> I'm booked for all of it now. Yeah, those stressful things was this week's podcast. I was like, gosh, I'd love to know how to do next week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Eddie said. You know. Do we, are we sure that Eddie, Joy, and Shauna weren't actually raptured? I'm not. And are, I don't have think we been left behind? And my mom hasn't. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. If there's anyone that I would think probably would get left behind, it's this group of people in this room. Exactly. And, and Jeremiah, I don't want to make this too personal. And, and if you don't want to go this, down this road, we don't have to. Do you think your mom hasn't called you because she's a little embarrassed about the blood moon thing? Or <laughs> I don't think so. I think No, there's uh, always an explanation. Yeah. There's, there's always a, a thing. Again, I don't think that she thought the rapture was going to happen. I think the blood moon was like, all right, everything's about to start. So it's kind of like the ding, ding. So, so it could it's, be any day It's now. the kickoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and, and, and I, I the think... The clock is ticking. Yeah, exactly. I think we're still on track. I think we're, we're right in the place that we should be. And... <laughs> Just yeah, just pay attention for shofars, mis- yeah. mystery yeah. shofars outside. Nobody's nobody's considered that possibility that the rapture is like a slow thing instead of it happening all at once, like, one person at a time. Like one person at a time after like I don't know seventy years or so. <laughs> right. You know those yeah, just like, once oh, at a time. They yeah. kind of get sick. Yeah. You know. Sometimes it happens. You get raptured after you got really really sick. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. you get raptured after a really bad car wreck. Yeah. Sometimes you 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 dug a three inch hole in your backyard and <laughs> marinated yourself in chili and suffocated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, knows, who knows the day or the hour? <laughs> like a thief in the night, right, Jess? Who could have foreseen that I would meet my demise here, three inches deep in my own backyard? I think a lot of people could have foreseen yeah. that. Joe the neighbor would be proud. Yeah. So you're telling me running an extension cord <laughs> into a small hole that's filling with chili that I'm lying at is a bad idea. <laughs> Wait, why is it filling with chili? I thought you just spilled the chili and you were lying in it. He's still making more now at this oh, point. Yeah, I mean, I had, I mean, I don't... The, Cameron and I have no chili to eat. It's spilled everywhere. So. He way overpurchased too. He doesn't want to waste it. I have crates of this stuff, and it's all. I got a good deal because it's all about to go bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it, this needs to be cooked today. I cannot emphasize enough. <laughs> like I, like I figured after reading this this study about that nutritionist, I could just eat it all at once. <laughs> just go into like a hibernation. <laughs> like it's about the intake. It like doesn't matter coma. if I'm rash. Yeah, yeah, food yeah. coma. Yeah. All right, well, that'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, the last couple weeks, we've been kind of on an inadvertent path down the road of wrestling with illogical and unnecessary plot holes and, mm. and, and things that just don't make sense and, and easily rectified. Yeah. So, you know, the unnecessary accents, unexplained mm. things like that. But now, today, I mean, this week's show, it happened, it started in childhood. Yeah. Scooby-Doo. So we want to know other unnecessary, illogical plot devices that from children's television shows, like why in the world 
did the bad guy choose to cut out eye holes to spy on people versus just a two-way mirror? Yeah. Unnecessary. 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 Right. Completely unnecessary. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like I heard, uh, I think it was John Mulaney, which it, I might have heard John Mulaney reference the eye hole thing in, in, at one point, but he did a bit about how when he was a kid, he felt like when he grew up, his primary concern in life would be avoiding quicksand. <laughs> like, yeah. like like quicksand is is ever is like just like the go-to conflict for any character in a cartoon yeah. he's like not only have i not only is quicksand avoidance not a normal part of my life i've never encountered quicksand but on <laughs> cartoons especially back in the day it was everywhere yeah there, quicksand was literally everywhere yeah you were gonna get swallowed into the earth i actually have encountered quicksand no way. I have. No way. What did you do? I got no. swallowed up to my chest. No, no way. No. Yes. <laughs> yes, Boy, I that, yeah. how, how old were you? 17. Okay, now I heard that the way you, like when you start going down, yep. the key is go horizontal. Boom. Like and at the knees, move. flip over and roll. Yes. What I, did you do? You squirmed well, and <laughs> wiggled a lot? <laughs> no. Well, what I did is I... We found... Um, okay, back up. Yep. Where were you? Yeah. I was yeah. on Kaladesi Island. Where's that? Which is an island off the coast, off the uh, uh, west coast of Florida. Okay. Was it near the beach? Was it in island? No, it's, it's in island. It used to be um, like a lake, but we were in a drought. Was it marked off? Like, nope. don't go here. Nope. It was just... So it just looked like sand just you were walking like across. Sand. Okay. Um, You're 17 years old. 17 years old. Were any, like, uh, villains chasing you? Ah, no. Okay. Unfortunately okay. That would have made it more exciting. That's Unfortunately. Fine. Well, we yeah, were that, lost. That you were lost? We were lost. So it's kind of adventure Was it nighttime or day? It was day. Okay. It was day. We figured that it was an island, so if we just walked one direction long enough, we would hit the shore. Were you walking off by yourself or were you like in close proximity to the people you're with i was with one friend okay and we came across it and uh it looks dry it looks like a like a desert so you're like sand. i'm going first or not even a thought you just were walking i i said i said do you dare me to run across it famous last words yep <laughs> yep. Yeah. yep did you know that you're gonna run across quicksand or you just do well, you dare was, me to run across there this was a flat section plane? yeah there, well, that's a crappy that's dare a, yeah this is a bad dare just dare me to run (laughs) 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 no um there was a a section of one of the like previous shores that still looked muddy but the rest of it was all dry and so we knew that there was a possibility that this could be the elusive quicksand we had heard of seriously how would you have known that i don't i mean like like muddy over here never occur to me it would never occur to me that a dried lake bed would oh this could be the quicksand it smelled bad you know how like mud, like yeah. an yeah. old lake smell, and it all smelled like that, even though it looked dry. Okay. So we knew something was going on. So I was said, it like, dark, dark, like dark colored, like like muddy looking, or was it like sandy looking? No, no, it actually kind of looked like sand. It was it was kind of dry looking. Wow, interesting. Um, and so it was cracked. Like a like a typical desert. Yeah. The salt like flats. My, like my skin when I go to Phoenix. Hey, right. Hey, 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 oh. Um, it's the dry heat, people. So the yeah, dry heat. He dared me to run across it. And so I I sprinted as uh-huh. fast as I could. And about three steps in, I knew it was a bad idea because I sunk up to my knee. And no. then I was so going, I was going. So I just kind of reached my arms out in front of me and went and just sucked right in sucked right that fast because in, in the, Cause in the cartoons yeah. in the cartoons it's like a slow right anaconda like, oh, type situation oh, no, i'm stuck well yeah. i mean and that probably would have been the case if i would have just like stood there but because i was running You're and i was like motion. i had momentum and it was almost like diving into quicksand 
which is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I would say don't <laughs> yeah. dive into no, quicksand. No, I wasn't trying to dive. It just kind of, like the quicksand tripped me. Can, can right. I just say this? Like, I've never experienced quicksand in, in, in life. It's But fun. I do know the one thing is, like, the worst possible thing is to go in head first. Right, because yeah. fortunately, <laughs> the fortunate thing about head is from what I've seen, it's very slow. Very and slow. it takes a yeah. long time for your head to reach a dangerous level. So uh, how did you get out? So I was in the middle now. Like chest deep in quicksand, and you you're stuck. You like now. Did you feel a point where it stopped? I mean, did you or did you think that you're just going to keep going? It would swallow you up, and you were dying. I didn't. I I didn't feel like it was going to keep swallowing me whole. Okay, but I didn't know if I could get out. Well, I, eventually you right, could like, get out. Yeah, but I'm saying, but you, I'm on like an island. No, they would send choppers. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just saying. So you were you con? I see. I would be afraid of the whole anaconda situation where. It's like, mm-hmm. it's slowly wrapping me. Eventually, yeah. I'm going yeah. to die. No, it wasn't yep. that. You didn't feel no, that. No, no, it wasn't Why? that. Why? Did you get to a point where your foot felt like firm? Well, the other thing that happened is is we kind of figured out, because of the lore surrounding quicksand, I think everybody knows, like, roll out. Did you? Yeah. Well, I tried to, like, climb out. Because, like, your instinct is, oh, I'm in Water. muck or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so yeah. you're just yeah. kind of, like, yeah. doggy paddle out. And that doesn't help. So as soon as I had kind of started moving and realized that, nothing was happening since i already had like my arms and legs in motion i just started kind of rolling oh, oh so it was loose enough it was loose it wasn't like i was oh see i was in, grip. i no. was thinking vice grip but i mean you anaconda of, is stuck right, in my yeah, head yeah, yeah. yeah but because of the suction yeah that's there because there's no air you know right. so you're just kind of even though you're moving you're, you're not going anywhere yeah so it's creepy are you sure but, that there wasn't an old mansion nearby and this was a booby trap i'm not entirely <laughs> sure friend yeah. throw you a rope to get out but it turns out the rope was a boa constrictor yeah no <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a tragic moment. I mean, you know, the, the, another another old trope. Yeah, that that bothered me when I was a kid. It's like the the villains' bombs are always. You always have like a thirty percent chance of defusing yeah. just by mm-hmm. guessing. Like, yeah. okay, there's a red wire, there's a green wire, and there's a blue wire, and and, and they all look the same. They're like dynamite with like a clock on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, one of those wires is going to work safely. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, villains always, always wear the, like, they they wear the same clothes all the time. What do you mean? Like, I would think that would be... Black and white stripe thing? Or, or just mean, like, each villain has, like, his go-to outfit that he's that, always that, wearing. Like Mark Zuckerberg and Steve yeah. Jobs. Yeah. 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 yeah, but but it seems like that would be, rule number one for villain is, like, you don't want to be easily identified because you're the, you're the villain. <laughs> right, right. It seems like regularly changing clothes would be a pretty good idea are you are you are you talking about like superhero villains or are you just talking about like because in scooby-doo they're donning costumes and i mean but i mean yeah i mean like uh uh, yeah like one of the uh you know superhero villains or even like um i guess you never really get to see past his claw but dr claw he was always just kind of hanging out in the he didn't make like the villain life look all that glamorous like all dr claw did was sit in the same chair all day like what what was his motivations i mean the reality is maybe they don't have any other clothes maybe, they maybe they're clothes. poor yeah. and yeah. That's, that's what all the, what they're doing the crime yeah. for is to make income inspector gadget would let him get away with one heist just one <laughs> just <laughs> one well do we know what inspector gadget was i mean was like a inspector with was uh, he gadgets. was he human was he dancer i believe he was injured in an accident and had parts of his body replaced with ro- with various gadgets. so he's kind of like mm. robocop yeah bionic yeah. man yeah. but but sort of clumsy he's like <laughs> maxwell smart meets robocop yeah and kind of lamer than both yeah. of so them. his but his torso <laughs> would have a heart and everything yeah. yeah he just doesn't have any limbs it's not totally clear he wears a trench coat all the time <laughs> basically 
all his arm slings got chopped off. All they had were giant springs. And they <laughs> yeah. Right. They had a really short amount of time and not many materials to work with. He was at an accident in a mattress factory and they had to <laughs> put him back together with only the supplies on hand. So his only cool superpowers is his arms are kind of springy. Right. Yeah. And he had rollerblade feet. Before we go, I have one more trope that I would okay. just need to explore Please. really fast, yeah. which will only be interesting to this audience. And maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one who listened to Adventures in Odyssey growing no, up. No, 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 no. I totally did. I grew up on it. Mr. Whitaker. Mr. Whitaker. It, was, it was his Bible class at <laughs> homeschool. <laughs> also science, math, and history. <laughs> Mr. Whitaker has, is the owner of an ice cream emporium in Odyssey, which has a fully functioning time machine upstairs. Sure. Yeah. Right. sure. Right. Of course. Why is he still selling ice cream? <laughs> Why is there not a line out the door of people willing to pay millions of dollars? You want to know Why? You want to know why? It's time machine. Because wit is wise and it's not about that. No, it absolutely about, is about. This is a logical inconsistency. He could use this for the betterment of mankind. Okay. No, no, but but your, your point is a sound one because here's the thing. Like, if he really was just wise, and let's say he didn't want to, like, charge people to go to the time machine. It's not wise to you if he if you own a time machine. Don't waste your time running the ice cream shop. It's a, because y- right. you could just go back and serve you, you could, humanity by using the gift and intellect you have by doing more things like the time machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because because they're acting as if it's like a money laundering situation. Two scoops <laughs> is beneath him. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. The, the less time I'm down scooping Sundays, the yeah. more time I'm you know traveling through time, yeah. ascertaining more wisdom and helping kids and uh, learn and and help humanity the thing is like this isn't breaking bad he doesn't need a front here (laughs) if he told people you know the last thing people would think if oh you know what the ice cream shop closed you know what the last thing people think is oh you know why because he's got a time machine upstairs (laughs) like there's nothing to front here you're not laundering anything just close down the shop he could literally just be a scientist or an inventor or Mm -hmm. like an inspector gadget he's unparalleled intellect yeah yeah, this, this is like he's in the he's in a masterclass of genius. He's serving ice cream to children. His so shop, they, his shop could be just like the town inventor. He's just yeah. a town inventor. He does little things, and then they don't have to know about the time machine. There's a Bible right. lesson for you, Mister Whitaker. Use your talents wisely. Here, no, 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 people are going to want to know how does he make his money. Well, he's the the, the inventor. You Here's know. the thing, maybe, and I don't want to get too time travel in this, but maybe he's doing both, you know, because if you have a time oh, machine, right. time, is, time. Not, time yeah. is not linear for you, I about that. you know, he can, but he can you kind still of, age. How about this one, guys? Let's say he goes back in time, right? Right. Gets a copy of Hamlet and gives it to Shakespeare. Who wrote Hamlet? Think about that. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Your mind exploded, dude. Because he gets it. This is before Shakespeare writes Hamlet. He gets it. He publishes it. No, 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 it. no, no. But Back to the Future taught us. The second he hands it to him, pages turn blank. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Because if yeah. he never wrote it, he, he never exist. wrote it. No, no, but he did write it because he was given it. No, but he didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the grandfather paradox. Hey, yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. We're in the yeah. grandfather it's, paradox it's here. It's for things like this. That he keeps the time machine a secret. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. He yeah. can't. He can't let that happen. He can only but, use it to teach little Bible lessons because right. anything more than that is too much. But Jesse's. <laughs> but Jesse's right. He doesn't need a front. He can keep it a secret. 
he doesn't need a front he business. He doesn't need to waste his time. He doesn't need to run a business. He's filing taxes for ice cream sco- scoops. He doesn't yeah, need he, to do that. That's at true. least take a cue from the mafia and run something that takes almost no effort, like a laundry mat or something. You just yeah. buy washing machines. And, and a no vending machine business. Mm, yeah. right. No employees involved. Exactly. That, that's a you know. And by having a shop where people are coming in all the time, he's he's really jeopardizing the secrecy of the time machine. And it's ice cream, so everyone wants to be in. Yeah, there. it's a public yeah. Yeah. thing. Hey, everybody, come to the place, but don't look in that door. All it, yeah. all it takes is one little ankle biter who's like, "Oh, what's behind this door?" Right. But then he can go back in time, kill the kid. I mean, not necessarily, <laughs> right. but yeah. <laughs> right. Just close the shop that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. go back in time and close the shop. Right. I think killing the kid makes more sense, though. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the origin story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I do. Whitaker think, origins. <laughs> I, I do think closing an hour early would be. <laughs> A lot more easy than killing the kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to chime in on uh, the quest of the week, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your illogical plot devices from children's television. Mm. Uh, leave, leave movies and accents out of it. This is children's t- cartoons that we grew up on. Unless uh, it's an accent and a cartoon. Family radio dramas yeah. are also acceptable. Yeah, family all, radio all dramas. All focus on the family dramas. Was, that the, was that the... Adventures in Odyssey. Adventures in yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. All right. Uh, many thanks to our sponsors. Remember, go to parachutehome.com slash relevant and Parachute will give you free shipping on your first order uh, with the promo code relevant. And thanks to Harry's. Uh, go to harrys.com and you can get five bucks off your first purchase when you type in coupon code relevant five and you can start shaving better today. Thanks also to Brian Houston for joining us. His new book is Live, Love, Lead. Your best is yet to come. It's out now. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian C. Houston. And Jay Givens, his new album, Fly Exam, is available everywhere. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Watch the 10-year anniversary shenanigans if you want. And um, video extracts are back. It's youtube.com slash relevant. And remember to get the magazine at relevantmagazine.com. You can subscribe today, and it's only a buck a month. Jim Gaffigan is on the current cover, and the next one is going to the printer this week. Yep. Woohoo! So you'll get, you'll uh, if you subscribe now, you'll get it. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm David Harris. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. We'll see you next week. listening to the relevant podcast connect with us on twitter at relevant podcast and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. and don't forget to check the magazine out it's available on newsstands and at the itunes app store or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe You do the math, you got mermen crawling all over Poland.